Welcome to Get Hired in Cybersecurity with your host, Io Adiojo. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. This is my first episode in over a year. Excited to be back. Enjoy this episode and the ones to follow. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get Hired in Cybersecurity. My name is Io Adiojo, your host. I know it's been a while, but I'm happy to introduce our next guest, Javon. Javon, thanks for joining us. How are you? Hey, Io. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm doing great, thanks. What Excellent. about you? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, thanks. It's been a while, but I'm glad we're getting these next batch of episodes out, and I'm glad to have you as a guest. So I guess uh, I'll start off. So you're, you're currently in the information security field, um, and I know we spoke uh, a few years ago as you were learning and, and just, uh, you know, working your way through and, and you've really uh, situated yourself in a great position. Can you let the listeners know a little bit about your background and what got you started in cybersecurity? So I think it was about three years ago where I was just on the verge of graduating with my bachelor's and I was trying to figure out what is the best field, um, the best niche in cyber in it to drill down into came across your page and you were really advertising you know cybersecurity, and they your passion for it shined through a lot and it also a lot of gems came out and around that time i held, i also had my internship and during my internship the company i was at had a ransomware attack and that was like a turning point for me because initially i was into development and then when I saw the impact that had, it was a bank, and the impact that had on the organization, the customers, the other stakeholders, I was like, hey, this is serious. And so that kind of was the point where I started to explore the field more. Excellent. Yeah, and that's, that's similar to kind of what I saw. I saw a hospital got hacked, and it's unfortunate uh, or, and or fortunate that that's, that's our way into the field. But um. I guess at the time when you saw this um, this situation going on with that company and the ransomware attack, what was your mindset? You know, like looking around, what kind of made you? Because for some people, I know a lot of people kind of saw what, what was happening, but not everybody said, "Hey, I'm going to go into cybersecurity." What did it for you in terms of that incident that made you want to look into a, a bit more? I think it was the chaos. <laughs> okay. Uh, quite frankly, I think it was the chaos, like the. The importance, I saw the importance of not, not just recovery, but having things in place to prevent or mitigate the extent of which something could happen. So while the red team side of things are often the, appear, that is often the thing that appears the most flashy, if you're able to help defend, mitigate, protect and respond before an attack or an attacker achieves his objective or is able to capture the crown jewels, you really could spear a company a lot of money. You could spear people's lives because you're sparing their livelihood. If a company has to pay a ransom, it, a lot of the time, sometimes they don't get back up off the ground, persons that are laid off, that kind of thing. And so what I saw was an opportunity to leverage my interest in networking to better understand how to protect network and defend against cyber threats. And also around around that time, I was, in my last year, started to do, to do courses like network and computer forensics, um, risk management. And, and in those courses, my teacher, um, I don't know if I can shout her out here, but she worked at 
New York Times at the time as a senior information security analyst. And she was really passionate and crazy about, about the field. And she really went over and above in explaining things to us, what it was like in the real world. And so I was like, that will be me. And so from there, it started with the Security Plus. Excellent. Okay, so yeah, so from then you you were learning during school you had an internship and you started with the security plus uh for those listening who don't know what it is can you explain what the security plus is and why you chose that as a as a certification so the computer sorry the CompTIA security plus is an entry level cybersecurity certification that will expose you to all the security domains at a very very high and fundamental level and so with that and, and this is also very well known in the field. But I think what really what really caused me to gravitate to that certification was that it would give me a, a high level view of cybersecurity and develop a stronger appreciation from the field. And then based on that high level field, high level view, I was better able to discern what aspect of cybersecurity I wanted to dive into. Okay. Okay. So so you first wanted to say have like a, a short form summarized um, exposure to what's currently out there, the different domains. So I know there's cryptography, networking, um, vulnerability management. There's many things there. And it allowed you to kind of decide which one you might not want to do as well as which field you want to get, go into, correct? Correct. Yeah. Definitely. The And I think the good thing about it was for me that it by being exposed to all these domains, it also sharpened my skills. Yeah. I'll reinforce other principles that came out in the other certifications in the CompTIA triad. CompTIA triad, as known by many, would comprise the A+, the Network+, and the Security+. And so the Security+, more or less, at a cross-functions, the A+, and the Network+, giving a security approach to the knowledge that you would have gained in these domains and building on top of that in a security arm. And so from there, I was definitely was beneficial in terms of knowing what I wanted to pivot into after and also helping person to see that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about the, about the field. Excellent. And just a question for you. So I know this is something that I think, you know, I was thinking about last year and we may have talked about it, but the idea of security plus being an entry level certification, do you think that someone just starting out with no technical knowledge should start off with that or should they maybe start off with the A plus or network plus to get the fundamental principles of information technology first before adding that security layer to it? So I think that's a really good question. And what I would say, what I've been telling persons who are trying to get into the field is that I would not necessarily sit the CompTIA A+, but I would read for it. But I would definitely recommend sitting either the Network Plus or the CCNA. And then with that knowledge base, the A plus knowledge base, and the network plus knowledge base, then it would be best to do the security plus on top of that. Excellent. Great. So you, you know, you're learning it in school, you're doing some computer forensics courses, you have a, a great teacher who's passionate and, and shares her knowledge of the field. Um, you do your security plus. Um, what are the things that you do to pivot into, you know, getting a role in the field full time? I think that was around the time that we had our conversation. Actually, it was around that time when I finished my degree was when, sorry, excuse me. It was around that time when I finished my degree 
was when I was about to migrate to Canada. And so we, we spoke for a bit about what would be the best way to break into the field. You and I, sorry. We spoke about what would be the best way to break into the field. And one thing that stuck with me, what would be the best way to break into the field with no experience in a very competitive market? And one thing that you said that stuck with me was be willing to take the first opportunity that comes your way, no matter where it is in the technical space. And so for me, that was applying to helpless positions. That was applying to security analyst positions. But specifically, and I played, placed more emphasis on applying for help desk tech support roles just to get some general tech support IT experience. And in the future, opportunities would definitely come along to leverage that. And so upon arriving, you know, upon, after migrating within three months, I was able to land my first tech support role. I'm grateful for those persons that you know, saw the, the drive in me and, and gave me that opportunity to uh, help contribute there. And, you know, your advice paid along the way is also making, communicating what you're doing in the field, in the space, making that known, being heard, making sure you're heard on social media and let your passion be seen. And so those were the things that helped me to pivot from that role into a security role, security role later on. Excellent. And I, I think one thing, um, about that is like a, a lot of people kind of want to skip steps and you know go into the glamoury cybersecurity role. Can you explain how starting off, you know, and help this? And I started off with help desk as well. Right, that was really my first take into the field of making sure computer systems are running, understanding how organizations use technology. How did help desk uh, help you ultimately get into into cybersecurity? And what did you learn that others may not believe is would be possible or they may not know what what did you gain from that that you were able to leverage well i think one of the things that i learned in being that in in that help desk role was being patient being humble but also understanding that we're supporting a business and no matter what role you're in in it in tech you're supporting a business and being able to have that first in mind and being able to understand that the importance of developing trust, as in, de- as in allowing your managers to develop trust in you, and growing that way, allowing your colleagues to develop trust in you. So those were some of the things. To I, to go a bit deeper, what I would say is that, so for example, in the help desk in the help desk role, I I felt like I was growing really fast. I was taking on other certifications, and so on paper. It would look have it would have looked as if I'm ready for a, a security analyst role. However, four months, five months was passing, and I still was a help desk, but I was excelling in my role. But one thing that uh, my manager told me was that it's not just about technical skill; it's about trust, building that trust in the business in you, and also demonstrating your your accountability and your ability and your maturity. In, in, in operating in an enterprise environment on a whole, because the thing is, the reality is, you need to be able to demonstrate to future employers that you can be in an enterprise environment without breaking things. The access that you have in cybersecurity is is um, way more than you'd have in a help desk role. And so I think 
being able to mature in a helpless role and demonstrate over time that you can be trusted with greater access, greater responsibility, and greater controls is really important. And of course, there are technical things that come along the way, for example, being exposed to access provisioning, Active Directory, doing some scripting, meeting SLAs in terms of tickets. Uh, those are key skills that would be the building blocks for tasks that you have to do in these same tools, but from a security perspective later on. That's a great point you add. I really like what you said about trust. You know, I think cybersecurity, although it is a subset of technology, right, the, the risk and overall severity of, of the, the nature of work is... It can't, it can't be understated, right? Like having that maturity, as you said, having that ability for the business to trust you, I think goes a long way. And, you know, in any prior role that you do, even if it's not cybersecurity, you, you can demonstrate and exercise those skill sets um, and leverage that as well over time, you know, because um, not saying there aren't, uh, there aren't other fields, but, you know, there's medicine where, you know, doctors take an oath, right, to protect, the, the to do all they can, right, to save lives. Right. military, right? Even the president has to take an oath. Cybersecurity practitioners, we don't really have, you know, a certified cybersecurity practitioner license where we, we swear an oath, but we kind of do, right? It's, it's kind of, um, there's an undertone there of us coming in every day, trying our best to defend and protect our environments. Um, exactly. And, you know, having that mindset and being able to demonstrate that is is paramount, you know, because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people show up to interviews um, with the knowledge and possibly the skill set, um, although there's a shortage, and they may not demonstrate that desire or urge or um, understanding of the seriousness of the field. And I think, um, given the given the difficulty of cybersecurity in itself, a lot of a lot of people who want to get in are weeded out by the difficulty in itself. Um, right. But but having that maturity, I really like what you said there. Having that maturity, um, I, 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 it really goes a long way. And in fact, I'll even say like, I, I feel like tech, uh, those in tech, especially security, mature maybe a bit faster somehow of just how serious life gets. Because like, you'll have you'll have uh, you know young, uh, you know twenty twenty one twenty two year olds in incident response, right, waking up in the middle of the night. Not saying there aren't other roles that you do that, right, but those are more mature actions where maybe you have a, a child. Not saying you can't have one young, but that's a mature action, right? You're waking up in the middle of the night to take care of business and, and fulfill a responsibility you signed up for. So um, that's definitely a great point there, you know, about the mindset and the attitude you need to bring into the workplace. So well done. Well said. Yeah. And just to add or to, to piggyback off of what you're saying is that like, and, and that only comes with, with time. Like, these are things that have to be demonstrated over a period of time. And that's why patience is so important. For example, a lot of persons can excel excel over a six-month sprint. Um, you know, but as time goes on, as circumstances change, you, you show your tenacity or your lack of it. And so it's really important to be able to you know, keep the, the foot on the gas pedal, as it were. Yeah, definitely. I think... Um... I know over the pandemic, um, it was a crazy, it was a crazy um, job market um, with uh, I don't, what they call it, the great resignation. So I think, unfortunately, people saw saw their careers maybe two jobs out instead of what's next. Um, 
and that had some negative effects. You know, I, I think a lot of people moved around and maybe were chasing money instead of the actual skill set and, and longevity, right? And I think now we might be reverting to a, a, a an economy or, or or job market that's more focused on, hey, what have you done to affect your organization positively over a period of time? Not just six months, not just maybe a year, right? But what have you done as you came in and, and what did and if you left, how did you leave it, right? Did you leave it in a better state? Um, are they better because of it, right? Like, I think that that goes a long way, right? Because people can just join companies, stay, learn, and try to leverage it quickly. And that, that may have worked a few years ago where there is a, de- a huge demand for talent. I'm not saying there isn't any now, but now it's more so, you know, wh- what what can someone say about you that uh, they can say that, that you had a lasting effect in the workplace and that you've done well? And it does get... It does get um, easy to kind of stay complacent and work and you're, you're in six months, right? You may, you maybe know a few things and, um, forget that, Hey, you still have to improve. You still have to optimize your performance. You still have to grow. Right. And although on paper, like you said, it might not show that you still have to do it internally and it'll come through and it'll, it'll, it'll help you in the long run, whether it's to elevate in your current, um, role or prepare you for what's next. So well said. Um, so you did the security plus. Um, you were working at that role in help desk. Between that role and uh, where you are now, what are some things you you did to to land that that final role that you have now? All right. So while I'm, while in that help desk role, I, I one of the one of the great one of the most significant steps I took was taking a practical defensive cybersecurity certification. So the security plus is okay. Um, it's good from a knowledge perspective, but you definitely need to solid, solidify those skills. In an interview for cybersecurity, when I when I started to look for cybersecurity roles, a lot of the questions you're being asked require you to speak to what you've done in the tools that are being used. And that could be the, part, the, the, the good thing is it could you could speak to them from what you've done in your home lab. You could speak to them from you know what you did to in volunteering also on the job. And so taking the security blue team level one while in my help desk role was a significant step forward. That was, uh, for those who may not know, security blue team is a, a security certification company out of the UK. Um, the BTL1, the Blue Team Level 1, is a certification that covers incident response, phishing analysis, digital forensics, threat intelligence, I mean, tons of labs, and it culminates in a 24-hour exam. And so being exposed to that, being in an environment that was, being in a, the, the exam was in a compromised environment, having to figure out the, the tactics, techniques, and procedures that were used and all of these were things I would have learned through that certification. And so it definitely is a gold star. Uh, it was a transformative experience for me as I worked to land in my first cyber role. Along with that, another thing that I did was started to attend networking events and just apply for a lot of cybersecurity jobs. And the thing is, through applying for cybersecurity jobs, I think one of the things... Well, what I encourage persons to do or what and what I did is that when you apply for cybersecurity jobs, 
the goal, the end goal may not always be achieved where you land that job, but you get to meet, especially if you make it through the first round, second round, you get to meet, speak, and learn from persons who are in the field. And you can leverage those connections for later, but you could also see what are they requiring of the candidates that are in the field. And the more I went through interviews, I had some interviewers who were very helpful. I still have some interviewers who sent me three, four paragraphs of information of ways that I can definitely cement myself in the field, not just get landing my first role, but to make significant impact in the field over time. And so, and these were jobs I weren't successful that I didn't successfully land. And this was two or three months out from landing my first cybersecurity role. And so what I would say is that those opportunities to, to, to bring it all together, the security blue team level one, that was a significant cert, building out my home lab and having that on my resume and also using the opportunities in interviews to really not just answer questions, but to really learn. It's an opportunity to speak to persons in the field and you can maintain these connections after. So being able to do that definitely gave me the ammunition I needed to spring forward into my cybersecurity role. I don't know if you want me to dive into that as about that transitionary period as yet. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, I guess one, I'll just commend you on, on that of uh, that point of using interviews to gain more information and expanding your network. I think it's really understated uh, of the importance of that. And I will say too, just as um, a side note, I did see your post on LinkedIn about you building out your own lab. I think you had like multiple parts to it and you shared what you're going to do next and what you're currently doing, which is very, uh, it, was, it was great because um, everyone who you're connected to on LinkedIn could see your progress and, and what you're doing. And it solidifies that knowledge because you're putting it in use. So that's uh, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, definitely do share kind of how you went from there to, to where you are now as well. Would love to hear. Right. So... Okay, so I'm gonna. Okay, so this was I. I, I don't know if I. Okay, so, so this was around eight months into my cybersecurity, around seven months into my help desk role, and things started to. You know when you when it, the term I don't know if you ever heard the term when it rains it pours. So more or less, things things came to a point where I had I was going through three interview processes for cybersecurity roles, and I was just in a help desk position at that point in time. So it was really interesting. I took my first cybersecurity role. So I took a cybersecurity role initially, and my first cybersecurity role I took because what you said came to mind again. It was a role that paid less than what I was making at as a help desk, and I so I couldn't quit my help desk job. So but they but they had a graveyard shift available. So for the period of like two months, I was working 16 hours a day as a SOC analyst. While the companies I were, were protecting, I was using Logarithm to protect over six or seven companies, um, companies that are well-known in Canada. And it, it was opportunity. I, it wasn't healthy <laughs> to be working 16 hours a day, but it, it gave me some experience that I needed. And from there, other opportunities opened up. I started to connect with persons from a particular big four and started to interview for 
a role in the in their sock and that offer came through fortunately and also another offer where of where i work now came through and the big four position was a uh, another 24 7 sock and at that point in time i i felt like after, after being exposed from monitoring for that period of time I, I i decided that i wanted to be in a position where i had more room to make changes in it improve systems improve processes from the jump work on projects from the jump not saying that being a a, a, a tier one analyst nothing nothing is wrong with that but being able to make make an impact very early on is was very important to me and so the opportunity at the other company albeit was slightly less in compensation I decided to take it because it was an opportunity for me to make an impact and engage in projects and transform the and improve the cybersecurity maturity of that particular organization. That's where I still am today. Excellent. Yeah, that, that's that must have been a, a tough choice, you know. Um, that that's that's definitely. Uh, I think that's something that other people may have gone be going through, right? Of just not only getting to getting into the field, but choosing what's right for them. And it's great that you chose something that um, you felt would be best for you. I know uh, 24-7 SOC is really reactive, but you get to learn a lot of things. But you wanted to do something that, you know, you can learn from the ground up, build different systems. Um, and I guess right now, like, uh, I guess from a high level, what does your current role look like a day to day from what you can share? At a very high level, I would say it's, it's all encompassing. So... I do incident response, threat intelligence, and vulnerability management. But at the same point in time, I also work, I, I also complete tasks that a tier three analyst would do in a SOC. So for example, when I run incidents, I don't just monitor, but I would run it from end to end from across the whole incident response cycle. I would also be the one to do a bit of detection engineering, leverage the threat intelligence to improve the tools that we have, improve, improve the, the detection accuracy. The vulnerability management, not just running reports, but also have the opportunity to liaise with the the other teams and, and, and ensure that those vulnerabilities get remediated. And, so, and also having opportunities to work to help with Know, going out sourcing tools to better improve our security processes i'm talking from vetting the tool assessing the tool to providing justifications to helping to onboard the tool and so and, and the company is not small it's a mid-sized company and so while it was not it, while it didn't have the big four name it definitely provided an opportunity for me to contribute and help the company to improve um it's already great cybersecurity structure and, and, and landscape. And what I would say was a takeaway from me that I always share with persons is that while having a name, big name, is always you know, what, what, what appeals to more, one can feel proud of what they can achieve wherever they get the opportunity to achieve it. And sometimes you, you don't know how it would pay off in the long run. Yeah, definitely. Well said. I, I know that's, um, you know, big names could be all goods and glamour. Um, and I think, you know, coming out of, you know, education or just starting out, it can really be a learning and, and daunting, right? 
Um, but little do they know that um, it's a choice, right? People choose to work there, and um, if it's if it fits their their goals and they find what they need there, then they can. But there are also other roles that you know map perfectly to one's individual path, and it's not only about where you work, but what you get to do, right? And what what you find fulfillment. And so I definitely understand that. I've been caught in that trap myself. Um, definitely, you know, do understand the experience and the the gravitas that having a big name on your resume. Uh, can garner, but it's also, um, it's not the end all be all, so to speak, like you said. Um, excellent. So we're, we're coming up on, on almost time, but I didn't want to open the floor, uh, Javon, if there's, uh, do you have any tips for anyone listening right now? They want to get into the field. Are there a few things that you recommend they do and stay consistent with? Yeah. So I think one of the things that, that I did that really, I think data is important and let me let me clarify that right away. I'm not referring to data science or data analytics. I'm talking about metrics. Track the jobs that you're applying for. For example, I have folders. I have the year, and I have the folders, and I have the tailored application under each folder folder for each role that I applied for. I've seen some persons even use Excel sheets. But the point is, you can go through that folder and you can look back and see. sometimes you feel down. But you can look back at that folder and said, hey, this resume was doing so well. My conversion rate or my callback rate was out of 50, I got 10 interviews or 10 callbacks and three offers. And and then based on this data, you know how to adjust depending on where you want to go. Excellent. Thank you so much, Javon. And, you know, I really do appreciate your time and the wisdom you shared with, with everyone listening and myself. You know, I always learn um you know from guests and yourself on new things you're doing um you know everyone's journey right it definitely definitely does keep me on my toes on on you know what's going on and i really like the the tracking the resume thing that's something that um i think it's hard to miss right like gone to the days of just sending out a hundred resumes right and not really gaining anything and like you said um if you're going to be interviewing you might as well benefit from it and and learn and you've made connections right with with partners from big organizations that you can still keep instead of just chucking 150 resumes out and just um you know not really having anything you know left after that um but but emails are possible interviews right you're very well prepared and you know what to do next so i do appreciate your insight javon and um yeah definitely if you don't mind uh where can where can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out all right so persons can Find me on LinkedIn, Javan Nisbet, and also my my. They can also check out my website, the Sock Spot, Sockers and Sock Analysts, the Sock No spaces. There, it's where I blog all that I've done. I post my various tips, projects, uh, various investigations that I've carried out. I'm sure there's something you'll definitely be able to get from there. Perfect. I'll definitely link them in the description as well. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Dave Bond. I really do appreciate your time. Yep. You have a good day. Yeah, it was awesome talking to you. T- um, I really appreciated the opportunity. And thanks a lot for your help over the years. The It's always really important to be able to keep those gems that person share. You know, I, I can I share with them one funny story that you gave me yeah. before we go? Of course, of course. Yeah. Right. So one of the things I told me, Ayo told me before he came to, uh, before I, I moved here was, there was this, his first internship required him to travel 
really, 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 really far away. So much so that the amount he spent in transit ended up almost negating the amount he was making. (laughs) (laughs) But that sacrifice, he was able to leverage and build on. And his progress and success just continues to drive me and have the same attitude. Family first, but wherever else you can sacrifice, do so to get where you need to be. Oh yeah, thanks, Javon. Man, I I haven't thought about those days in a while, man. Like you, you brought that back <laughs> up. I remember, I remember. Um, it was in Toronto, and like I'll take the go, so I'll, I'll be going for a bit. It was like a two and a half hour commute there and back. And yeah. then, I, and then I ended up just having to Airbnb it. And yeah, the cost negated it. I was basically working for free, and I forgot to add this. I didn't put in my um, account information correctly, so what? so. I didn't end up getting paid until like the last week of the internship, right? And I was just in debt. I was my max, my credit card was maxed out. Like I was down bad, but I was just like trying to hustle. In that, I'm trying to etch a bit of experience on my resume. Oh man, I remember. Well, I look remember. At that. So it paid yeah. off. I, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for reminding me, man. I don't think about it sometimes. So, um. But yeah, I do appreciate our talks, man. I appreciate uh, just just your insight and seeing your journey, man. It's it's really um, been a blessing. You know, you see you you grow and continue and and this you know do what you need to do, right? It's amazing, you know. And then I think a lot of people listening can relate. I can definitely relate. And I appreciate you having having you on, man. I do really do. Yeah, man. Appreciate it too. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. Talk soon, brother. <laughs>